that bad, huh? Wow. I mean, it's like, how's everybody feeling today? <laughs> well, I'm feeling pretty good. I've been up. I spent the last half of this week in Siloam Springs. I am on New Life Church's pastoral council and had a great time there uh, with Pastor Tim Estes, his leaders, and um, also um, uh, friends of mine, uh, some of our pastoral council. Dr. Phil Brassville was there. Also, um, our uh, chairman, our council's chairman, his brother, uh, Scott Jones, uh, was there. Scott and I used to ride the streets of Humble, Texas on our chopper bicycles together when we were about nine years old. So, yeah, so that's kind of how I ended the week. So I apologize in advance, although this has been on my calendar for two years, um, that um, I had to miss the last uh, three prayer meetings. Um, But I am going to stand with um, Debbie Timmons and um, rejoice that I was able to miss that last 6 a.m. Or you know what I'm talking about. No, no, no. But I want to know something. Did Debbie Timmons make the 6 a.m. Or Good for you. Come on, let's give her a hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a fast all in itself for you. That was a fast all in itself. Yeah. So God, may God richly reward you for your, for your diligence. Because she had declared the whole time, I ain't come no 6 a.m. And then the other, then once not, she says, I'm coming to that 6 a.m. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God is good. God is good. Hey, those announcements, extremely important. The middle part of our, of our vision here is to connect with others. And we strive with our connect groups to make them as easy to go to as you can possibly get. And that is, we just simply ask people to gather together as community. We don't expect the connect group leader to take a pastoral role in people's lives. We want you to take a friend role. We want you to know each other when you come to church and meet new faces and meet new people. And I know there's stuff that all of us do that we may or may not know uh, that someone else in the church does it. I mean, one of the... One of the longest-running connect groups around our church is a board game connect group that they just get together once a month and, and play board games. And for me, I mean, that's, that connect group is kind of driven out of a bunch of techie people, like, like, like you know, this, where you show me your muscle, you know, and they flex their thumb muscle, you know, as in weightlifting. But some of y'all will catch up with that later. But yet, you know, they it floated out there. You know, I think we want to do a board game group. And lo and behold, if it just isn't crowded every time. And, and so you never know. Uh, you know, if you have something you enjoy doing, if you can find a couple more people that would enjoy doing that with you, that's a connect group. And, and you get to know each other. There, there's redeeming value in relationships. Redeeming value in relationships. I'm telling you, it's vitally important. Because really, in the corporate setting here, I know we connect here. We got, you know, things going on in the forum. We talk and all of that. But uh, there's something much more dynamic about getting together with, with a group of people for about an hour, once a month. And, um, and just being together and laughing and sharing and doing it in a non-corporate setting. In a home or in a, or in a restaurant or, or at a coffee shop or on a golf course or wherever. That, um, that, that you do that. So uh, if, you, if you think you have something that other people may enjoy doing, please, uh, please fill out one of those forms. And, um, and let's, let's let our Connect Group season be strong this year, very strong. And so uh, don't shy away from that. 
And then I also want to say to our dream team, we love you so much. And every year, we, last year, we started this thing we called the Dreamies. Now, if you weren't here or don't remember that, it's like our take on the Emmys or the Grammys. It's where we give awards out from the pastoral team. The pastoral team gives awards out to, to different people. And it's a night of great fun, great laughter. Uh, we have great finger food and all kind of neat things. We set the auditorium up um, to kind of facilitate a different environment. And uh, so if you're on our dream team, please put that on your calendar as well. I, I know that yesterday, yesterday kind of marked the end of the 21 days of praying fasting because it starts on a Sunday. And it goes, you know, Sunday to Saturday, Sunday to Saturday, Sunday to Saturday, and there's your 21 days. But in thinking about what Pastor Trent did last week um, in his message to us and, and how he strove in that message, and I think he did a fantastic job of kind of bringing some elements of what does it mean to pray? And how, how do you even go about doing this? And I appreciate it so much, and I'm going to get a little bit more, a little bit more into what he was talking about when he said, you know, prayer is not just us talking to God, but it's us hearing God speak to us. And it's this, it's this gateway. Prayer is this gateway to heaven, that, that as, as we pray and then as we take time to listen to those impressions that come from the Lord in our life, whether through the Word, and he, he covered that very diligently last week, through the Word, to let the Word speak. I, can't, I, I affirm what he said. There's so many times that in my prayer time that I just pull out my Bible and just begin to read, and, and, and I get this impression and I know that God was speaking to me through that verse. That that verse was alive and active at that very moment in my life. Now today, I'm going to do something that I don't think I've ever done on a Sunday. Now I know that through the years there have been classes. I've done classes on prayer. Uh, I've done Wednesday night studies on prayer. I think there was one time years ago I spent almost like 13 Wednesdays discussing prayer. And I know some of this obviously would have been wrapped up into that. But usually that was done in more of a small environment. You know, maybe 30 people uh, were a part of that. And, um, and so I was thinking at the, at the end of last week, I was thinking, well, we could shift into a new series or I can, I can do something here today that, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to, you know, you're probably not going to run around. Or, you know, it's sort of technical. And I don't normally do technical, this technical. I, I do some technical, but not this technical on, on, on a Sunday worship experience. But to me, I think if there's any feedback, and maybe not even spoken feedback, sometimes it's just the look on your face at the end of it. Like, okay. Like, like what are the tools? You know, I mean, we're not like you, uh, Pastor, you know, Pastor Doctor, you know, you're just so spiritual. And, 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 and you're just so high up on the echelon of spiritual know-how that prayer, I think, just comes easy for you because it's what you do. You're the prayer guy, you know? And, and, and that may be true. That may be true that in some, in some regards. I have spent an entire adult life, fixing to be 52 years old in May, I have spent an entire adult life 
honing my skill of prayer. All right? But then I look back, and I remember before, before that, before I went full-time in ministry and kind of thrust into this environment where you either pray or starve, you know, you either learn how to seek God or you disappoint a lot of people that, that hopefully that you can get up and, and preach and it be anointed through this experience of being alone with God and praying and really, really honing that skill. And it really is. I mean, prayer is a spiritual discipline. Okay? And, and, and that, that's what it means to be a disciple, that you follow certain disciplines. And we don't like, we don't like that word. You can get so legalistic on that, that that your head will pop off. But the reality of it is, is that, is, is that prayer is a skill that, that, that you hone in your life. And, and you have to find your own way, okay? This is the thing, is I don't think there is, there is, there is not a one-size-fits-all prayer model that we can just blanket everybody and go, okay, we're just all going to do it exactly like this. Because we all live different lives. Have you figured that out yet? You know, I mean, that's, 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 what, that's what gets me about people that want to get that legalistic on even prayer models that they say, well, you know, you have to do it this way or it's not effective. That's not true. You know, it, it, it's, it's this idea that the disciples, uh, you know, asked Jesus, point blank asked Jesus in Luke 11, 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. And, and I, can, I can attest, if you look in the, the book of Acts and you see all of the various modes of prayer, and some there are some written prayers in there that we know exactly what they prayed because they wrote them down. This is what we prayed. And after we prayed this, the place was shaken. After we prayed this, miracles happened. After we, see, you know, so you have to know that they, that, that they obviously... Home their skillet prayer, one place in the book of Acts, they prayed all night. They prayed all night, and, and Peter showed up released from a prison. And, and, and you know, what were they doing in, in, those, in those prayer meetings? We, we don't have a written prayer for that, but I will tell you this, that there was obviously a group of people that had, that had learned how to hone the skill of prayer in their life, and in prayer in their own way. See, you're not necessarily going to pray like me, and I'm not necessarily going to pray like you because, because we're individuals and, and we have to do what is comfortable for me in prayer. And for some people, they read prayers. It's other, other people, they, they, um, they, they just pray spontaneously. I, I am a spontaneous prayer, okay, personally, which means that, that I just go into it and just whatever happens, happens, all right? But that skill was honed in my life by somebody early on talking to me about, okay, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to energize this. And so why don't you try this? And maybe this will be a tool in your hands that, that, that then you can use this tool and begin to develop this out of this tool, begin to develop a personal style of prayer that you're comfortable with, that you can actually be successful with. I'm, I'm telling you right now, every person in this room can have a successful, what we used to call, prayer life. 
God has called us to prayer. The, 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 everything about discipleship hinges on this idea of not, of not if you pray, but when you pray. You know, I mean, the Old Testament, it was if. New Testament, there's an expectation that we're going to learn how to pray. But yet, so many people struggle with that. They struggle because they think, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. I run out of words or whatever. You know? And I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that person. Years ago, in corporate prayer settings and in, in, in a more of a Pentecostal environment, you know, you'd get in these prayer meetings and, and you hear people praying and, and, and someone would just be doing this. Oh God, 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 oh God. You've been in that prayer meeting, haven't you? You know, my, my vision of that is God in heaven going, what? 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 It's like, what kind, what kind of communication is just re- repeating someone's word? I mean, don't you think you'd get on someone's, like if I was talking to ba- uh, Boston, I'd go, Boston, 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 would you please shut up? Now, there have been a time or two when I walked in this bedroom and, oh, Boston, 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 Boston. <laughs> that's, a, that's a feeling of exasperation on my part, not meaning to convey no message other than, good, Lord have mercy. How do we figure this one out? Uh, Jimmy Hoffa is buried somewhere in here. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I am so sorry, dear, that, that I brought your mom out. <laughs> Preach! Oh, Lordy. Models, prayer models. I think about this thing of prayer models. We have, um, Trent, did we, did we find those prayer guides? Um, I forgot to mention that this morning, and I took off on you right after I mentioned it the last time. So um, we, we have, we, we, with the Grow Network, we got these prayer guides that we've used on Wednesday, on Wednesday nights for two years. I don't know how many we have left. But, but we're going to make them available today in the back if you want to take one home. But in that prayer guide, there are some models that, that kind of like a kickstart. Everybody say kickstart. You know, I mean models, models, prayer models. The, the, said, the disciples said, teach us to pray in Luke 11. And, and, and then, then you hear this dynamic prayer that Jesus prayed. We call it what? The Lord's Prayer. And there's a lot of people that just quote the Lord's Prayer. But when I see the disciples, after having said, teach us to pray, and then I see, I see their prayer develop, not only in the Gospels, but especially in um, the book of Acts, and, and then in Paul's writings to the Ephesians, and then in James', I mean, James writings concerning prayer, um, I don't necessarily see them actually praying the Lord's Prayer as a prayer, all right? Nowhere else. Nowhere else do you see any of the prayer meetings where we have written prayers, um, any of the prayers that are written into the epistles, and this is, this is what I'm praying for you, and listed it out. Nowhere do you see anyone saying, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our trespasses, or we forgive those who trespass against us. Okay, you, you don't see that exact prayer, that exact prayer, 
although it's all right to pray it, and there's certain times where it's beautiful to pray it. But when you look at the, when you look at the prayers that are prayed beyond the Lord's Prayer, you'll recognize that, that, that something was received from them that wasn't, that wasn't necessarily a prayer, like just every time you pray, pray this prayer, pray these words. But obviously, Jesus was giving them a model, all right? Okay, I'll teach you to pray. Where do you start? Well, I think and it's, a lot of people call it the Lord's Prayer model. Is this too technical for, you know, we'll, we'll survive. The Lord's Prayer model. You take the Lord's Prayer, and let's just use Luke 11 uh, for that. You take the Lord's Prayer, and you, you go through each component or each part of the Lord's Prayer, and then, and then you pray as Jesus instructed people to pray. You start with connecting to God relationally. Our Father, which art in heaven, you, you start there that, you, that in your life, if you're going to use the Lord's Prayer model, you just start by recognizing your relationship with God. All right? It's kind of like an invitation into His presence. And it positions the mind. And then you move into worship. And then you pray the the Lord's agenda, your will on earth as it is in heaven. And then you you pray in that part of kind of like a petition time where you depend on him for everything. That you know, that give us this day our daily bread. And so you go into a season in that prayer time, you go into a season of asking God, healing here, provision there. Uh, help me here, and, and you use that time in your prayer time for, for, um, for that. And, and, and then you go into a season of, of being forgiven and forgiving, and so you sort of do a cleansing there, and, and, and that could be called repentance, but, but also to, to forgive others and just sort of, you know, the Bible says, to cast your care on him so you could take a season in that prayer and, and then engage in spiritual warfare you, you can actually just begin to speak against things that are coming against you during that prayer time and just say, you know what, you know what, God, you see this attack that's happening over here or maybe you see this, you know, I'm understanding this attack that might, might be in my family or in my church or, or at my job and, and you just kind of pray against that and, and engage in that. And then finally, you express faith in God's ability, which is really worship, that, that yours is the power, yours is the kingdom, you know, you're able to do this. And so, am I, did I explain that good enough for you to understand that you take the sections of the Lord's Prayer and you just spend maybe five minutes doing this and five minutes doing this and five minutes doing this, five minutes doing this, five minutes doing this, or maybe two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, or three minutes, whatever, whatever, three minutes, three minutes, three minutes, three minutes. And you can use that as a template as you are, as you are developing a spontaneous prayer life, you can use that to help you build that spontaneous prayer life. See, if you'll do that, and I was taught that one early on. I was taught that model, the Lord's Prayer model, early on in my attempt to learn to pray because I'm just, I was just like most people. You know, you go into a 30-minute prayer meeting and you pray about two and you're through. Like, what do I say now? Has anybody ever experienced that? Okay, and so if you take a model like the Lord's Prayer model, good God Almighty. (laughs) 
everybody on the podcast go, what did he just good Lord Almighty about? Man. I got to get that foot up higher next time. I'm not getting old. But I'm not getting any younger. I can remember, you could take that Lord's Prayer model, even if you only spent two minutes connecting with God relationally, then worshiping, then praying His agenda, then, then depending on Him for everything, and talking about your needs, and then talking about God forgive me and help me forgive others, and then engage in spiritual warfare, and then finally express faith in God's ability. Even if you only spent two minutes per item, you've got a 15, 20-minute prayer. Because you're going to spend more than two minutes on some of those because spontaneity is going to kick in. All right? Is everybody good so far? I'm just going to stay on the stool for the rest of the day. <laughs> Another model is the temple model. Now this, is, this is built on the Old Testament tabernacle temple, okay? And the temple model... It kind of takes the diagram of the Old Testament temple. It kind of takes that diagram and it, and you sort of just go from one station to the next in that, in that um, Old Testament temple in your prayer. Now, the, the temple one is in the prayer guide as well. Well, first there's the outer court, which represents praise and worship. So you start your prayer time with praise and worship. It's extremely similar to the Lord's Prayer model where you connect with God relationally. So you start with praise and worship, and then you move to the brazen altar, and that can represent the cross and and, and the sacrifice of Christ. And so you spend a moment in your prayer just recognizing now. So you've you've entered in saying, God, I just praise you for your goodness. I just, God, I just thank you for everything you've done in my life, and and you're just amazing, and, and you're wonderful. And you just pray, you just do a praise and worship thing. Sometimes people put on music. And just put a praise, I do, put on a praise and worship thing and just sort of just let that music help me praise him for that first part. And then, and then you move into this part where, where you begin to recognize, wow, because Christ came, I'm able to do this. And because Christ came, healing's coming. And, and everything that I do right now is built on Christ and his cross. You then go to the laver, and the laver is a place of repentance. And, and, and I always incorporate the laver in, 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 my, in my prayer time. I learned the value a long time ago of just saying, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm a pretty good mess up most of the time. And I'm sorry about that. Forgive me for, for my, my inability to always do the right thing. And then you go to the candlestick, which is being work, being open to the work of the Holy Spirit. The candlestick represents the Holy Spirit. And, and, and man, this is that time where you just sort of enter into, enter into the Holy Spirit. And, and if, you're, if you're an individual like I am that is accustomed to praying in a prayer language and the Holy Spirit moving through me in that dynamic, that, that, um, that's a good time just to just to walk in the Holy Spirit for a moment, to pray as the Spirit gives utterance. And then the table of showbread, which is the Word. And this is where you, where you take time in that prayer time to just say, okay, now we're going to stop. We're going to stop for a moment with all of the talking, and we're going to do a little bit of reading. Okay? 
And so, and you can plan that out. You can have, there are devotionals that you can plan that out with, or you can plan it out in your own life. There are times that I'll just say, okay, well, this month is the book of Philippians, or this month is the, is the gospel of John, or whatever, and you just, you, you, you take time for the word. And then you go to the altar of incense, which is kind of a wraparound. You've already done praise and worship, but now you've kind of sifted through some stuff, and you come back to worship. And then finally, you go into that holy place, the ark where the Ark of the Covenant is, you go into that place, and that really represents intercession, that you kind of wrap your prayer up saying, in the name of Jesus, I will intercede for my city, for my country, for my church, for my family. And intercession simply means that you're standing between the problem and the God who can solve the problem, and you're interceding on behalf of that problem to God. Does that make sense? Now, Dick Eastman at Every Home for Christ developed the prayer wheel. Uh, Dick Eastman, for over 60 years, has prayed one hour a day every day. (laughs) Every day. One hour a day. For over 60 years. He developed what is known as the prayer wheel. And you can go online and Google the prayer wheel and see Dick Eastman's prayer wheel. There's even even lessons on it. There's video lessons where you can go on and, and you can... You can watch him teach about it. But, but the, the components of the t- prayer will, if you take five minutes per component, okay, five minutes per component, you pray one hour. It's a 60-minute prayer will. Or there's a 30-minute one. Or, or you don't even have to worry about the time. Just do what you can. But on the prayer will, it starts with praise. And then it moves in sequence to waiting on the Lord, which is that time of meditation that Pastor Trent talked about. And then there's confession of sin, which is repentance. And then there's praying scripture. Hello, you're back to the Bible. Then there's a time of watching. And so, again, a, 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 a time where you're meditating, again, kind of, kind of watching to see. And then there's intercession, where you're standing between God and the problem. And then there's petitions, where you're just speaking the problem. Then there's a time of thanksgiving. And then there's a time for song, and that's a good time to start the CD player. And then there's meditation again, and listening. And then finally, you praise again. And that's 12 components that if you did them each for five minutes apiece, you've prayed for 60 minutes. And that is the model that Dick Eastman has used for over 60 years to keep a consistent one-hour prayer time with God every day. Every day. So these are models. Now, a model that I enjoy using some is the prayer of Jabez. Model, anybody ever read that book? The prayer of Jabez. God made it very famous in the 90s. I mean, I don't even know if anybody had even thought of the prayer of Jabez as a prayer model before that book. But, but he used this verse out of 1 Chronicles 4.10. It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I may be free from pain. And it says God granted his request. People use this model. It starts with, we pray for the blessing of God to rest upon that which we are praying for. God bless my church. God bless my life. God bless my family. God bless my job. Bless my provision. And then you move from that to praying for your territory to be enlarged, which is your sphere of influence. So you begin to pray about, here's this right here. Make me what you need me to be. So that my sphere of influence would be influenced with positive things and not negative things. 
And then you pray for the hand of the Lord to rest upon everything. This is the presence of God, this anointing and power and provision that your hand would be with me, O God. That everything I do would be blessed by the power and the anointing of God in my life. The presence of God. Then finally, you pray for protection for all to be kept from harm. No wicked schemes. No personal agendas. Just God, let there be protection over me and mine. Well, this is what I really want to make mention of today is that, 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 that there are many forms of prayer. There are many ways to pray. I, I subconsciously do models now. I, I've, done, I've I used these models early and, and for years even. I use these models. I would... I would Recite these models. I mean, do you think Dick Eastman, after, after 60 years, has to look at the prayer wheel? After, I mean, something he developed 60 years ago, do you think he has to look at it? No. It is now just ingrained in him. Now me, if I were to use Dick Eastman's prayer wheel, I'd have to pull it out. Say, okay, what are we doing right now? Oh, we're, we're it's time to put the song on. Whoop. The reality, the reality of it is, is, that, is that you use the models to help you develop ways to pray that you're comfortable with so that you can develop a real prayer life, a consistent prayer life, because God is calling us to prayer. And we need to stop using the excuse, I don't know how. Well, praise God. We need to stop using that as an excuse. Well, I don't know how to pray. I'm telling you ways to learn how to pray today. And I know this is, this is so technical and so elementary. and so. But we, I am wanting to remove every excuse that any of us might have as to why we haven't developed this discipline in our life. When the Bible is screaming at us to do it. I mean, I just wonder, I just wonder how much we miss because we haven't taken the time to hone the skill of prayer in our life. I'm not saying this to be condemning. You guys know that. I'm not saying this to put us under condemnation, but I would pray to God today, I would put us under conviction. That I would put us under conviction. That we, we miss so much when, when we don't slow our life down enough to take some time. I mean, I wonder how much, I wonder, you know, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor and it's, it's not, I'm not claiming it's biblical. <laughs> I mean, I have to judge that on myself, but... I heard a man teaching on prayer one time, and he was passionately teaching on prayer. And, and, and in the midst of that, that teaching, he, he, um, he said, you know, I had a vision the other night. I was walking through heaven. And I went into this place. That, and, and they said, no, you don't want to go in there. And he says, in this dream. I insisted, I want to go in. And he said this was this vast warehouse as far as the eye could see with all of these file drawers. 
And he's like, every file drawer had a name. And there were just millions upon millions of these file drawers. And I'm like, what, what is this place? And they said, we really, we really don't want you to know. We just, this is heaven. He says, as I walked in this place, I went to see if there was a file drawer with my name on it. They said, I finally found my file drawer had markers that it was indeed mine. And he said, I reached and I opened my file drawer. And he looked at this, all of these files. And he said, I looked at this and said, what is this? And he said, that is all of the blessings you missed because you didn't pray. And it just makes me wonder sometimes. And Here's the deal. You can kneel. There, there, there may be many forms to prayer, but not a set uniform to prayer. You can kneel. You can sit. You can lay down. You can walk. You can talk. You can sing. You can think. You can meditate. You can read a prayer. The form doesn't matter. It's the focus that makes the difference. My preference to walk when I pray may not be your preference. And that's okay. Now putting these models aside, I'm closing. When it comes to how we can return to 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost, prayer includes humility. It, in this context, it means your understanding that you depend on God. The very reason I'm praying is because I... I can't do it without you. Matter of fact, Luke 18, 27, Jesus even said it, what is impossible with man. What is impossible with man is possible with God. And you don't have this verse, but this morning this verse resounded in my mind over and over again. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care on Him. Where do you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? You humble yourself under His hand in prayer. In prayer. I can't fix this. I can't help myself. I need you. Prayer also includes seeking the face of God. Prayer is a faith place where we see God and He sees us. This ties back to what Pastor Trent was talking about last week. He listens to us. We listen to Him. And can I say that I've never heard an audible voice from heaven? Probably scare me to death if I did. Okay? But I know what it's like for the, for the Lord to speak to me because I get impressions. I know that impression. I have prayed enough and I have tested it enough to know that was the voice of God speaking to me. Not a voice like you. It's just an impression and a thought. It's going to be okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you, Lord. I heard that. I heard that. And then finally, repentance. 
Repentance shows up so much in prayer. But it's us saying, like the psalmist in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. If I'm willing to say, okay, there it is. I repent of it. And then we go right back to listening to the voice of God. And God says, come here. Let me lead you the other direction. Let me take you this way. And we learn that in prayer. Years ago, I was... Okay, let me, let me say this. Tyler, one last slide. Prayer is positioning. Prayer is positioning. All right? Years ago, I was in prayer about a need, a, a thing going on in, in the church, and I needed to talk to someone. It was a desperate situation. I really needed to talk to them, and I, I, was, I tried to call them, and I, no answer, and I... I was in prayer, and I felt the impression of the Lord. So I'd say, you know what, just go get in your truck or your car at that time. Just go get in your car. And so I went out and got in the car, backed out of the driveway. I can so vividly remember backing out of the driveway of our house, the very house I live in now. I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing, to be honest with you. But I just felt so impressed to get in the car. So I did, and I drove to the, to, the, to the end of our neighborhood road going out on 111th, and I felt that same impression to strong say, take a left. Now, this really happened. I can't explain it, but I took a left. I drove down to Peoria Elm, and I felt that same impression, take a right. So I drove. This has never happened to me since, by the way. I drove till I came to a particular neighborhood and I felt that same impression. Take another right. I could drive you to the place right now. I stayed on that road and continued rights and lefts and rights and lefts. No joke. In one of the largest neighborhoods in Jinx, Oklahoma that was being constructed and I right and left it and right and left it in that neighborhood until I pulled up to an empty lot and there stood the very person that I needed to talk to sitting there looking at buying that lot I had no idea they were even looking to buy a lot I was standing on that piece of property looking to buy that lot just standing there looking at it like I wonder if this is where I want to build a house and I pulled up and rolled the window down that person looked at me, and back in those days, they called me Brother Griffin. And He said, Brother Griffin, what are you doing here? I said, I came to talk to you. He said, how did you know I was here? I said, but by the Lord. Stuff can happen in prayer. Today, I want you to realize that, put that slide one up, up one more time, um, Tyler, prayer is positioning. Prayer is positioning. It moves you from one place to the next. 
it puts you in a place of answers, of intercession, of worship, of getting to know the Lord, of hearing the voice of God. Prayer is positioning. Ladies and gentlemen, you have survived the single most technical sermon that I think I've ever preached on a Sunday. But I believe with all of my heart that if you'll take this, let's forsake the excuses. You say, Pastor, how do I remember all that? It's free. It's free on Spotify. It'll be out this week. Spotify, iTunes. Not maybe are we did we start Spotify yet? Or are we just iTunes and Stitcher? Huh? iTunes Stitcher right now. I know we're looking at Spotify. So iTunes and Stitcher, free. Download. Podcast download. Go find it. Triumph Worship Center. You can listen to that. We've got some prayer guides that are available. If you could take them, wipe us out. I don't care. You'll see other ways and other things to write in there and help you through your prayer time. All I'm trying to say is, is, is let's no more excuses. Let's, as a church, make a commitment in 2019 that 2019 is going to be the year that we as a collective body learn how to pray. Jesus said, teach, we're saying to the Lord right now, teach us to pray. And let's let this be the year that we actually let him do that. And this is a great start for it. Stand with me this morning, please. We're about to enter into our time of giving. We end every service with our giving. Uh, Immediately following this service...